I've mentioned on the podcast before about the importance of video and, you know, we've heard video is the way and we should all be thinking about doing it, but still a lot of people resist it for whatever reason. My guest today, Chris Weir is a video production expert and provides some really great insights and I don't want to say simple tips, but you know, some really great advice in getting started, just getting started not making it bigger than it is and seeing where you go with it. And in particular, Chris specializes in B2B business to business video marketing on LinkedIn. So he provides some extra advice and value around using video in particular on LinkedIn. So I think you're going to find this very useful. It's very relevant for real estate investors and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. My name is Paul Kopkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are. Because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Okay, Chris, thank you for joining us today. I'm really looking forward to talking to you about video because I think a lot of us are told video is the way, or we've got to, I think we've been hearing that for a number of years now, but yet we all still resist. So maybe take it first here. Why should we be doing and using video as part of our business and the way that we market ourselves? What are the important reasons for doing it in the first place? Sure. So I think people can easily overcomplicate video and think it's got to be this big production. And it used to be, right? Like you used to have to spend, you know, $5,000 to have a video crew come in and shoot your video for your company. It was this big deal to have your video shoot. Today we've got these amazing phones and you can just shoot stuff, but people are like, well, I don't know how and why. I would say start to think about video as networking. You're, it's the same thing you do when you go to a networking. You're just there to show your face, talk about what you know. You just start doing that to your camera instead of in person. And now all of a sudden you can network scale. So instead of talking to one person, you can a hundred or a thousand. So if you start to think about it as networking at scale and not, I've got to make this perfect video. It makes it a little bit more accessible. And what about the content? I mean, I think it's a great concept. Think about it as networking, but you're probably not going to want to put a video saying, hi, this is me and this is my business and this is what I do kind of thing, which is what we get from people at networking events all the time. Right. That is the challenge, right? Because when you're at a networking event, you talk to someone and you can immediately tell if their eyes are lighting up when you're talking to them or if they're glazing over what they're interested in about your business. You don't get that with the camera. You just have to guess what people might be thinking, which is a huge challenge. What I usually say is if you are passionate about it, someone who's watching is going to be passionate about it. You might not get a thousand people, but in a B2B space, you're really not looking for a thousand people. You're looking for 10. You're looking for one phone call. And so if you can passionately talk about whatever it is, guaranteed there's other people who care about what you're talking about. If you're talking about something because you think it's going to get likes, you think it's going to get views or, you know, an, another reason, 
it's very easy for us to kind of just get a sense that something isn't right about this. But I don't care what it is. If you're passionate about it, talk about it, and you will get people engaged in a conversation. You obviously do want to be thinking about, like, what do people want to be engaged with? What are they talking about? What's what's an interesting topic right now? And as far as real estate goes, there's no short supply of interesting real estate topics. When the market is good, people love talking about how great the market is and why and what's going on. When it's bad and we're in a recession like we are now, that's also a great conversation topic. Right. It's like, how do you sell during a recession? How do you make partnerships during a recession? What is like one of our clients is in the mortgage industry and he's constantly giving updates on what's happening with the Fed. How is that going to affect mortgage prices? All these things. How does how is the jobs reports going to affect mortgage prices? So there's constantly news coming out every day in the mortgage industry that you can do your take on. So is if you care about it, other people are going to care about it. That's like the end rule that I tend to tell people. And I like that. And I'm just going to say, just to clarify for the people listening, Chris mentioned B2B, which is business to business. And a lot of real estate investors may not see themselves as business to business, but this equally applies to business to consumer. And I think in particular for real estate investors, because a real estate investor listening to this might only need one other joint venture partner or two joint venture partners. Again, they don't need that mass audience that we'd need if we were selling a $50 product. We're talking about somebody putting down $200,000, $300,000, $500,000 as an investment in real estate. You're going to have very, it's going to be a small pool and it's, you only need to get that one or two that say yes. Exactly. Yeah. Which is why you're, yeah, it's, it's a tricky thing, right? Cause, cause a lot of the videos that you might see out on social media are these influencers are trying to get 10,000, 10,000 followers and millions of views and everything like that in the B2B space. In the, in the space where investors are looking to find only a handful of people, yeah, you're not making content for a million people. You're making it for a thousand people. And if you have a decent LinkedIn network of 300 already, it's pretty easy to grow that to a thousand. And then that's really all you're making content for is those thousand people and saying, targeting these very specific people to go like, hey, like if you're taking your money out of the stock market, maybe you should put it in real estate. That's all you really have to target. Right. And I think there's a lot of relieved real estate investors that realize they don't have to be a dance fanatic or something now, which is probably feeling great about that. And I do think you've made a a really good point is I think we're all drawn probably, you know, partly by the media, but we're all drawn to those. Oh, well, if I'm going to do a video, I want to get a million downloads or something. And yet we've really should be thinking almost the opposite. If you've get. 10 people that are engaged then that's what matters yeah i i do a lot of my video work on linkedin and i often come back to not how many views how many impressions how many likes what have you but what did people really say in the comments Mm -hmm. and a lot of times you look at these videos that do have this big reach and a lot of the comments are great job video so cool blah 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 blah. like that's just light stuff. It does help with your reach, right? But what's more important to me is what is the rich conversation that came out of that post? And did I get a 
handful of people that were like, that was thought provoking. Here's my take on it. I disagree, but here's why. And that you look at the richness of the conversation as opposed to these other metrics that in normal social media, it's all about that. What should people be thinking about when they're producing video specifically for LinkedIn? What are the important things that you're seeing that's working? I would say it's a mix of content. So, and I generally say like, the more niche your industry, the more you can have some of this affinity topic stuff. Like there's one fellow that I follow on LinkedIn does a great job of mixing in his business content with the fact that he works from home and there's two small kids at home. So he's constantly mixing in like, you know, how do you get something done with a toddler watching Sesame Street in the background? And so you point at the kid and then point over to his desk and then get into something. So it gives like these different access points to the content. So maybe I'm not interested in his industry, which is consulting. But if I'm a parent and we'll say, oh, I can feel your pain. I know what you're talking about. Here's what I do. You can add to that part of the conversation. And the consultant folks can add to that other part of the conversation. So you don't have to do these affinity topics of sports and family and other things, but you can. And again, if you're passionate about it, if it's interesting to you, if it's fun to talk about, then you can pull some of that content into as far as your business goes, it just goes to that, that same. If you're passionate about it, other people will be. For me, because my 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 work is broad enough, I mainly talk about business, but I also talk about just general business challenges that we all face as business owners. So you can kind of like separate things into silos. I usually say don't pick more than three. So one should be focused, you know, directly in your business, something that might be a little bit broader, like maybe something about all business, like business practices. And then you could do something that's maybe more just a personal interest of yours. And if you come back to those three things routinely, people are going to remember where they topics that you talk. And I think in the past, people have been fearful, particularly on LinkedIn, there was kind of a backlash when people first started putting personal stuff there. It was almost yeah. the, the comments you could guarantee would be, this doesn't belong on LinkedIn. You know, this, is, this belongs on Facebook. And right. I think that's, that's gone now. That right. has gone now and for good or bad. I don't know. I don't really know. Like to, to my eyes, the content that does come up to me is often a little bit light. Like I'm constantly looking for people who are putting out good, rich, high value business content, which honestly takes some time to think about and challenge to create. But if you're consistently doing, you do build the right kind of network. And with the right people who are thoughtful and looking for those conversations, looking for that information. And I think that there's no harm in experimenting. Like there's no harm with doing a business post that gets three comments and then posting something about your kid's birthday party from the weekend and then gets 30 comments. Like do both, like play, like it's a fun place to play as long as you have goals that you're looking for and kind of track that progress and see if you're getting those. Right. That's a good point that you raise. You know, what are the sort of metrics that we should be thinking about and what, you know, what, what are good goals to have if we're going to be producing content, video content sure. on a regular basis on LinkedIn? Sure. I mean, I think that our clients have a variety of goals. Some people are making content just to have a presence, just to have a personal brand out there. 
putting faces with names so that people know like this association is these people. They seem nice. This is what it's going to be to meet them when we go to the conference this year. So you've already kind of virtually met these folks before you meet them. That's been actually something that I've found, which is pretty cool. It's like, I've seen other people's videos. They've seen my videos. So then when we finally talk, it's like, there's no intro. Like we already know each other. We just haven't met yet, which is pretty cool. Then there's other people who are looking to make sales and that does take time. Like, I'm not going to lie, like B2B sales takes a long time and you have to be committed to creating content over a longer period of time to get to that. And I've also talked with folks, I'm like, well, what's your sales cycle now? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. If you don't own your sales cycle in person, then figure, find out, you know, maybe it's a year, maybe it's two years. Making videos is not going to accelerate that necessarily. Like you're probably, if your sales cycle is a year, don't expect to make a sale in shorter than a year. If you make a sale in a year, that's a good litmus test. And like in the next year, you're probably going to make another one. Then you're going to make another one. So I would just say like, think about it from that perspective. It's like, if you're looking to make sales, like it's not going to accelerate things, but it's going to be folded into what's already working. And again, you mentioned... Yeah, the fact that you've seen somebody on video, it is a no like, maybe not trust, yes. but there's a no right. like trust element. Yeah, it kind of sh- it shortcuts that that relationship potentially. And I tell folks that too, like you don't actually need video to do all three of no like and trust, but it does really good at all three. But if you want to, you can just focus up, focus your videos on no and like. I'm going to show my face every week. I'm going to talk about things that I'm passionate about. I'm going to engage and that people that I'm interested in talking to. And then for the trust piece, create other pieces of content. So create a case study from a recent client, create testimonials from clients and show off your work through other forms, through articles and posts like that. Because sometimes, honestly, like if you're doing like a pretty in-depth business deal, real estate business deal, yeah, some of those numbers and stats are going to be that interesting or fun to like read off in a video you can just put out a white paper or pdf and post that and then say hey if you didn't see it check out this pdf that i posted last week here's the most important point from it but for all you real estate investors you're going to want to download for such and such reason and then the majority of that content is actually in this other document but you're using your video to get your face out there and let people and are you typically advising like once a week is a good cadence of video? Is that? I think once a week is probably the best recipe. Some people are like, oh, no, you got to do something every day. I think that's overkill for most people. I think once a week is the right recipe because if you show up once a week, again, going back to the networking event thing, it's like if a networking event happens every week, you need to be there every week because otherwise people just forget you. And it's like, oh, were you here two weeks ago? Were you here a month ago? I kind of remember you. You're there every week. Like you're showing up and people believe that you're, you know, they start to feel like you're can be depended on, you know, to just show up and like do the work. Same is true with video. I think once a week is a good recipe. You don't have to do that, but I think it's a good starting place. And Eddie, do you recommend on the video to have any kind of, action that you want people to take a call to action or linking to a email sign up or something or is it sometimes you're putting out the content for the pure quality of the content and that's 
I think the CTA is always going to vary with what the content is. So CTA call to action for folks. Sometimes that can be just leave a comment about this. Sometimes people just want an excuse to engage, but I don't know really what you want them to do. So if you have a piece of content, then you might want to make the CTA just like, what do you think about XYZ in the economy right now? Let me know in the comments. So Lance, you can point to your website to say, hey, this is an interesting thing we have on the website. Here, get this free thing. And sometimes it can just be like, hey, you know, if you want to work together, DM me just to remind people. Hey, it's really me. <laughs> Send me a message if you want to work together. Because people sometimes just don't know. They're like nervous to be like, oh, I want to work at them, but like, maybe annoy, whatever. So I think the CTA can probably vary depending on your content strategy and you can experiment with things. And what do you recommend around LinkedIn company pages? Because LinkedIn seems to be very much personal profile driven. And I don't tend to see much happening in company pages. So. In general, I think the company pages are kind of there just because they need to be there. As far as an actual like outbound content creation platform, I really recommend that the content comes from the individuals, whether that's the CEO or the marketing manager or business owner, social media person, it should probably come from their personal profile. You may want to put out some content from the company profiles and have people reshare it. But I do think that when content comes from a company, people are much more likely to just ignore it because it doesn't have a personal side of it. It's like Monsanto is like saying this. It's like, okay, it's, it's pretty planned. Right. Okay. And what about the tips around creating video? You know, things, you know, things like if you are going to use your phone. Should it be this way or that way? No, <laughs> right. Lighting. What are the sort of things that you see people doing that are mistakes or what do you recommend? So specifically to LinkedIn, I would recommend putting your content in a square timeline because it gives you the biggest real estate on your phone or on a desktop. You can also film portrait mode, which is the standard way that people hold their phones. I would not recommend sideways 16 by 9 because it's a smaller window and LinkedIn now is putting up automatic subtitles. So if you even have a slightly awkward framing, you're going to have words going in front of your mouth or your face. So that's what I recommend as far as technically goes. It's fine to use your phone. You don't even really need another microphone. The cameras on the phones are fantastic. So they get a great image. You know, use natural lighting as, as well. You don't have to buy lighting. I would encourage people to just get started. That's the hardest part, honestly, is just committing to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to see what the results are. And I think the other challenge too is that folks feel like when they start doing video or they start doing something, they feel like, okay, now I'm doing this. I have to do it ever. And you don't. You like <laughs> Everything, everything works, but not everything works for everybody. Like some people are made to be on video. Some people can become good at video, but it takes practice. And some people are just never, it's just never going to be it. But you don't really know until you try. And so I really recommend people just say, screw it. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to put out one video a week. I'm going to put out, I'm going to talk about these four things. 
I don't want to see what happens from that. And if you get a good result, then you're going to want to do more. It's good advice. And I would recommend to people, if there's anybody that you're following from video perspective or podcast or whatever, go back and have a look at their very early stuff. <laughs> I mean, even somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk, who I think now has two full-time videographers following him everywhere. Initially, his first was on wine videos was on YouTube and they're terrible. I mean, and he is really that. bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I looked at my first, and I've been in video production now for like 15 years. I looked at my first video on LinkedIn. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that wrong. And I was talking so slowly and my color temperature was shifting. I was, well, it works though, you know? Right. So that's a good point that you make it the danger of overthinking, or maybe people think there has to be a perfect script and they're going to have to do 27 takes or yes. again, it probably doesn't need to be, does it? It really doesn't. And I think oftentimes people will go back to the beginning once they like, so they'll say, I know exactly what I said, what I want to say is about two minutes long. They start talking and they go, now I have to go all the way back to the beginning. And you don't, you really don't. If you can remember the last sentence you started, just start that sentence again and finish it off cleanly with a nice fine point at the end of it. And those two clips edit together oftentimes very well. So that's another thing that I see like new video folks struggle with is like, oh, do I have to go back to the No, just pick up where you left off and I bet it. And that, that touches on what your expertise or what you do, particularly video production. Tell us a little bit about that and what you do and who you do that for, why, what that does, sure. what that helps videos do. Sure. So, so yeah, so, so the past couple of years, I've started working with business owners on, sorry, you can't hear that. Okay. The no. cat, I think the cat got out of put her in this closet. She got out <laughs> of that door. So she's trying to get the, okay. She's slowly making her way out. Right? She's getting things. <laughs> so the, for the past couple of years, because of my work on LinkedIn, I started working with business owners on their video presence. And so what that involves is helping them understand the content they should be thinking about. How does that dovetail in with their offerings and their products and their services? And then oftentimes we'll jump on a call like this and I will coach them through the recording so that they have extra eyes and ears on them. And I can say, actually, maybe you should make the CTA base. You talked about this way. I would probably just kind of change how you're saying that and just kind of give little notes as far as how they can refine what they want to say to get the best possible results. And then we take that footage, we edit it, we print it and give it back to them so she's ready. To so that's basically turned into a whole other offering that I wasn't even sure I was going to have, but now we do. Right. And when you talk about branding, so what are the th kind of things that you're putting on videos that kind of enhance it from a, my, my just holding the phone, shoot myself, stick it up there? Right. So, so what we do, because, you know, business content, let's be honest, it's not the most exciting visual. <laughs> it's not like a water steam. So state 40. It's like somebody at a desk talking about what's going on in their consulting business. So what we do is we do a rebrand for our companies 
every two months where they have a different look and feel to their videos so that even if they're shooting in the same location or a similar location, the whole video looks a little bit different. It involves ah. the colors, it involves the photos, it has different subtitles on there. So just visually, you know, they always talk about you want to have an attention getter. Oftentimes in a visual medium, that, that, that attention getter is the visual. So the first thing you see, if it looks the same, if it's looked the same in the past three, six weeks, you just start to tune it up because you're like, oh, it's the right guy. I know what he kind of talks about. It, but if it looks different, then it kind of triggers your brain to go, maybe I need to pay attention to this. Ah, so, okay. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Because if you see something, you don't even, I don't think most people would even look for the, was it posted a week ago, a day ago, or a month ago? They probably just think it's the same. Oh, I'm seeing that again. Like, why right. am I seeing that again? Right. And just and scroll right past. So. Right. Totally. And are there, you know, are there any tricks or tips around kind of stopping the scroll and being able to say, at least get people to start watching? Because I, I don't know how many people have their automatic video playing turned off. I mean, I do. Right. So is there anything that kind of helps? I generally say it is, it's the visual. So that's going to draw people out. And then the other thing that I think gets people to stop the scroll is usually in the description. Mm. And so just because you're doing a video doesn't mean you're not going to have a good description for your content. And usually you want to have an attention getter there. And oftentimes that can be a metaphor. It can be a story, what have you. And then you get into the content. But usually you want to think of an attention getter that's going to get people thinking and get them sort of out of their current mindset. It doesn't have to be clickbait. It doesn't have to be over the top. And if it doesn't feel natural, certainly don't do it. But usually that's another place where you can get people to stop scrolling. If they go, what are the three you know tips I need to know about real estate this month? That might get me to stop and take a look. And that text that I'm assuming, is it three lines and then the video kicks in? So that specifically I'm talking about, yeah, in the description above the video. So usually, okay. yeah, you have, I think, probably three lines. Usually what I do is I do one line of text, then a blank line, and then the second line of text, right. and then you have to expand the content. Yeah, and it's, it is interesting. You probably, like me, you probably follow a bunch of people on LinkedIn that are doing these long text posts, and there's this whole kind of movement towards that. And it, I kind of question, why are those people avoiding video? And I just yeah, wonder. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is, but uh, it's just interesting. <laughs> I think, to me, I think in general, for me, it's much easier to just start talking and figure out what I want to say. Like, I'll have notes for my videos, but it's much easier for me to do that than to write an article or write piece of content. I think I'm just like a, a, an audio visual person, which kind of makes sense. That's my business. Right. And I think some people just they're natural writers. So like, well, that feels natural to them and they don't want to, they don't want to break out from that. I did recently have a client who I could tell was, she was like interested in dipping her toes in because she'd be leaving comments on my videos and went, oh, that's an interesting tip. And stuff. So I sort of reached out and I just said, hey, you know, like if you want to just do an intro you know, trial together. Let's just work together for a month and see how it goes. And by the end of the month, she's like, this was so helpful because it's like intimidating too, right? Like there's more to lose if, you, if you're doing it wrong. We have videos that are bad. You can hurt your brain. 
And that's harder to do with a text post. There's less on the line if you, if the text post doesn't land, than if your video doesn't land, right? So there's more to gain, but there's also more to potentially lose. So it's a little bit scarier. For folks. Right. And what else would you advise people to, to think about? I think your best advice gets just start, you know, because that's probably the best advice I can do. As I can say is just start and improve as you go and don't feel like you have to do it forever. Set a time, say, I'm going to do this for a month and go from there. Other advice, the other advice I guess I would say is maybe find an accountability part. And that, that to some extent is the nice thing about having a podcast is that you have somebody that you can bounce the ideas off of and get their feedback. And you might get into a really interesting conversation that you might not have with just your camera. So if you have a conversation like this, where you're like one week you can interview them, next week they can interview you, put up the content of the best pieces of you talking. That's another way to get great content. And that doesn't necessarily mean you need to put it out as a whole podcast. You can just get on some likes, get your cameras rolling and say, we're going to interview each other for our video podcast. And only put it out as the clips. You don't even have to release full episode. That's a good. That's a good tip. A couple of questions I like to ask guests before we kind of let people know where they can find you and find out more about what you do. Favorite personal brand? Who do you like and why? For sure. So, I probably would say Casey Neistat. I don't know if follow. Yeah, I had the pleasure of meeting him and speaking on the same stage. So <laughs> that's very cool. I'll have to pick your brain about that. After this, he's probably at the top of the list just because he's a video guy. He has a sense of humor and he it just seems like a genuinely just like nice person, which I'm attracted to. So that's probably it. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> that's to All say right. about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I definitely recommend people watch the video. There's somebody that knows how to get something across really effectively in less than 10 minutes. I mean, his videos are. They're creative. Yeah, yeah, creative, very creative, well done. Fun. Yeah, it, 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 he's a great person to follow in the video world. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you have a favorite business book or podcast? I'd say my favorite business book that I've read recently is a book called Clockwork by Michael McCallum. Okay. Yeah. Have you read it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got Profit First, Pumpkin Plan. I've got all his books. Cool. Yeah. Strongly recommend. Yeah. Love that was revelatory for me. I've always been somebody who's like looking for the most efficient ways to do things, making the most of my time, all these things. And at the beginning of the book, he's like, getting more efficient and sitting more in your day does not make, give you more time because then you just right. fill it up with more things. Right. What you really need is systems. You really have to have systems in place and then you need to refine those systems over time. And that kind of just locked in with me and my team. So now we have checklists for every project we have videos to do like a video tutorial for every part of a project so that as we busier it becomes much easier to have other people get involved and say we don't have to spend 40 hours treating somebody you can say here's everything you need to do for this project get started and this will get out the door so that's probably my favorite book for that yeah. reason yeah that's a very good one and do you have a latest piece of technology or something that you're enjoying using? I, can I do two? Always. Okay. Yep. So from the production standpoint, it's Riverside. And as a podcast producer, 
if you haven't checked it out, I would recommend it. It really is nice. You get some really great video quality recording remotely that I like a lot. And then the other piece, which I'm sure you've heard, excuse me, which I'm sure you've heard probably a number of times already is ChatGPT. I'm having a lot of fun playing with ChatGPT. It's, I think people can get a little polarized about it because they're like, oh, it's, you know, stealing jobs, really big end of the world. And people said the same thing about Photoshop. They're like, oh, Photoshop came out. Now real photos don't exist anymore. It's like, real photos exist. And being a photographer is still is an important job. It's a, for me just a great brainstorming tool to get something started and then go back and refine the writing and change it and customize it. But it, to me, I think it's just a phenomenal tool. Right. Okay. Good. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more of that, not just ChatGPT, but I mean, just AI this year is going to be I mean, it's already the number one news topic, so it's, yeah, it's only it's, going to get bigger. So It's going to get weirder. <laughs> Very true. And do you have a favorite quote that either inspires you or motivates you? So, yes. I mean, I have a favorite quote today because it just kind of came up from a LinkedIn somebody was writing about, okay. about the concept of unearned gains, you know, that they meet me as much. And so I just happened to look up a quote about that, which is the only place that success comes before work is in the dictionary by Vidal Sassoon of all people. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> just kind of enjoy it. I, I never knew I'd be taking business advice from Vidal Sassoon. <laughs> I am right. There you go. You never know. Where can people find you, Chris? What, where's the best place to find you? How can they follow your work and everything else? Probably not unsurprisingly, LinkedIn is, is the best place to connect. The name Chris, C-H-R-I-S, W-E-I-H-E-R, connect with me, send me a message there. I'm always happy to chat with people there. Love LinkedIn. It's a great place to, to build, you know, relationships. So that's it. Okay. Wonderful. We'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. And uh, thank you for your insights today, Chris. And I do encourage everybody to take Chris's advice and, you know, just Go do it for a month, see what happens, and then figure it out if it's something you want to continue doing or how do you tweak it. So absolutely, uh, get the camera out, start recording. And uh, thank you, Chris, and have yourself a brandtastic day. Thank you very much, Paul. This was really fun. Well, was that brandtastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day. <laughs> And, 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 and,